guys, welcome back to the Fabulous Bass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, uh, back here for the first time in a little bit. It's uh, holiday season, uh, busy, as always, Dylan, but uh, hey, it's playoff time. We, we know when to make our return, um, especially time to talk about the playoffs, and of course, we've got coaching changes and all that, which we'll get to uh, in the next episode, most likely, but we've got to get to our awards as well, so a very jam-packed uh, catch-up episode here, telling lots happened, but uh, again, we're to the playoffs now, and um should be interesting as always yeah a lot like you said has happened since our last recording we had our end of season predictions we got a few a uh, few of them right we won't talk about the ones we didn't get right but we nailed the bills catching the dolphins to win the afc east just the schedule for miami kind of lined up there and the bills took care of business it wasn't easy in that last one we also nailed the niners clinching the top seed in the in the nfc before week 18 and then lastly we got that rams lions playoff game that obviously i'm super stoked for uh, as everyone in the country is but um yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll talk about those games but like you said yeah let's first get to our awards that in an interesting year no uh i don't know it's i had to kind of like just earlier today like really wrap my head around like all right there's a lot of really impressive guys for a few of these awards other ones there's only like one two candidates I'd say coach of the year off the bat is one where, I mean, depending, there's just, I, I don't know where you're going to go. I have, I have my <laughs> own take already, but um, I, there's just so many guys, so many impressive jobs for all the, you know, right now with all the coaching changes, like you mentioned, a lot of the conversations about teams that aren't doing things right or what's not gone right for a lot of franchises and where they might go this off season. But there were, I mean, not just uh, some of the new head coaches, but incumbent guys that have been there for a long time that did some really impressive jobs where I, I honestly I, I have an opinion on who I think I'm going to pick, but like, I don't blame, I like, I wouldn't be unhappy with like basically five to six different guys that I think just had fantastic seasons for their teams. Yeah. It's an interesting group. Uh, and we will start off our end of year in awards with the coach of the year pick. Um, man, this was, I did, I, I narrowed this down. I'm like, my goodness, where do you, where do you go here? Um, because to me, Here's the thing, right? I, I there's a part of me that wants to say, well, I feel like this is a three coach race, but then it's like the problem when you do that is usually, you know, you can look at coach of the year and based on a team that has just taken a huge jump forward that maybe you didn't expect or anything, right? But to me, what that does is it sort of it sort of ignores the fact that oh yeah, the Ravens went thirteen and four, yeah. and John Harbaugh <laughs> like should not be just because other teams got better. I think it's hard to ignore the fact that the Ravens go 13 and four and it's like, but I feel like that's coach of the year awards. Like usually I don't know, not every year, but I think some years like this where you have a lot of interesting candidates that perhaps aren't on teams that, you know, finish with a number one seed or anything, but yet are on teams that take, you know, just went forward very quickly, maybe more so than we thought. It makes it harder to go back to the guy who's like, okay, well, he's done this before blah 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 it becomes like too easy uh so <laughs> i, I want to give it to john harbaugh and i'm like man these other three options to me are just too interesting and i feel like i need to give one of these guys some love um so in, in the three guys i'm talking about kevin stefanski for me it's dan campbell or it's D'Amico ryan's i think those would be the three i would narrow mine down to um i may have skipped someone that you're considering but i feel like those are the three that i would i would put in there um and like again, I don't think you can go wrong here. I mean, the Lions do this for the first time in forever. Uh, the Browns take a huge step forward, but this is a podcast that is, you know, lived on the AFC South here, Dylan. And I think when you consider what the Texans were 
and we talk about just the importance of getting making the right pick in the draft and how quickly that can change things. Yeah. Um, it's not as easy though as just picking the right guys. You got to put it all together. And I know that division wasn't the best, but still, I'm going to give mine to D'Amico Ryan's because I, I think that again, the Texans were just we know where that team has been. They've traded coaches feels like every other year at this point. Um, and I feel like for him to come in, them to make this huge splash right away, make the playoffs, have a potentially winnable game in the playoffs against the Browns. Um, maybe I should have waited and made my pick to see who wins that game, but I'll, <laughs> I'll go with, I'll go with D'Amico Ryan's my pick. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately you nailed my one too. I'm, I'm going to go mm. with D'Amico, but let me uh, first talk about some of the other guys that you, yeah, you mentioned a couple, obviously I, I think Dan Campbell, obviously deserves a ton of credit for what has happened to the lions. I think, um, you know, he's one that I probably initially didn't put in my top three, but I, I think does deserve that consideration as a kind of more of a, this is an award. That's always kind of, it, it's your own definition, depending on the year. Like you said, it a lot of times goes to the, the rising team that wasn't expected. Think about McVay in his first year coaching. Think about McDaniel last, uh, you know, with the, with the dolphins and what they were able to do last year. Um, I, I think Dan Campbell is almost like more of the kind of culmination of three years of every part of the build that they took the time to, uh, they didn't rush any one piece of it. Things kind of came together in the middle of last season. They, they, they've fine tuned it and then obviously took care of expectations. Now it's going to be a lot of fun to see what they do next. I think Stefanski was my number two guy behind D'Amico. I think, yeah, with the Browns, obviously with the n- number of injuries they've had, not just a quarterback position, we, we know all about that, but they also have had um, just on the quarterback, I saw a stat that they've had five. They're the first team, I think since the seventies or no, since 1987, the strike season in 1987, the first team to have five quarterbacks start for them in a year. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself is insane, but you think about all the offensive line injuries that they've had, uh, Jack Conklin going down, obviously Nick Chubb, Jedrick Wills. I mean, just so many guys that were so crucial. A lot of guys in their defense. Uh, it's 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 a real credit to what they've been able to look like um, and even thrive with with Joe Flacco over the, the last part of the season. Where I think Stefanski was my number two guy. My number three guy was actually Sean McVay. Maybe I'm a little biased, but yeah. the Rams not a lot expected about of that team going into this year. And man, I, not even just that. I was. Um, I was listening to the athletic NFL podcast uh, earlier or uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And they, they were talking about just the fact that the Browns and the Rams in particular, their, their conversation was kind of on Stefanski and McVeigh and how the Rams, yeah, because of all the dead money they have, they're spending $180 million dead last in the league in ter- total actual cash on their roster. Um, obviously a lot of injured guys, uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson's contract is going to eat a lot into the amount of money that the Browns and other teams are, you know, paying towards the top of, uh, close to 300 million, but just with the actual cash spent on a team with the amount of later round picks and everything the offense was able to do, re, you know, retooling on the fly from not just the players and obviously being able to draft Steve Avila and, and trading for Kevin Dotson really changed the mentality that inside of their line, but they, you know, completely changed their scheme with the way they run. So I think McVay deserves um, at least for me was, I briefly thought about picking him, but I think D'Amico at the end of the day, I mean, it's just hard not to pick the guy given like this, just, you know, every year it's like, they just hire a coach gone, hire a coach gone. Obviously hitting on draft picks is a big part of that, but there's a lot of defensive starters from, the team last year that are still there, um, obviously adding a Will Anderson and 
Um, and I really CJ Stroud and what he's kind of transformed that offense into is going to make a big difference. But I think just the whole feel of the Texans, um, you know, it's like, it was a crucial hire for, you know, Casario that it was looking like he might be fired as a GM and now doesn't look like he's going anywhere with what they've been able to do with, you know, weapons like Nico Collins and obviously tank Dell, the injury pretty brutal would have loved to see what that offense would have been looking like through this whole rest of this way. But it's just, it's not even just that Stroud's putting up great numbers. He's throwing deep down the field. I know we've talked about it a bit, but he's like not turning the ball over despite throwing deep. That's not something that a lot of guys do. Um, He's just a special talent, but I think, and we'll get to him obviously pretty soon here. Uh, But I had to go with D'Amico. I I think just at the end of the day, he, uh, the most impressive job. I think a, a dark horse one that was like the, the last one I was considering outside of the guys you mentioned and the, uh, the couple other ones there was Shane Steichen. I think if the Colts win that playoff get her that uh, play in playoff uh, to the playoffs game against the Texans, maybe he's being discussed a bit more. But that was a team that, you know, the feel at the end of last season was so down in the dumps. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of just overall was like, where, where are they going to go? And obviously they, the quarterback gets hurt and they still manage – to, to almost get into the postseason and overall that whole scheme. I, I think a lot of what's happening in Philadelphia, a lot of people are looking at the coordinators that have left and the, the jobs they've done with their respective teams with Gannon and Arizona and, uh, and Steichen and Indy. But I, I think that's an underrated one. Yeah, it bodes well for our division. Our division, as we've talked about, AFC South is really on the on the come up. Um, and I think the Steichens and D'Amico are, are two of the, the guys leading that charge for sure. All right, well... That's an easy transition into uh, the rookie of the year because uh, the Texans are going for a clean sweep in our awards. I don't think they're going to every one of them, but they're starting off 2-0 here because we're just going to pick one rookie of the year. Obviously, there's offensive, defensive, but we're just going to go with one. And I mean, again, this this is a no-brainer. Um, it's going to be C.J. Stroud, uh, again, for all the reasons we just listed why you know, D'Amico Ryans be our pick for a coach of the year. Um, he did get some help, of course, from uh, a home run uh, for the Texans in terms of uh, drafting C.J. Stroud and boy, did it pay off uh, this season and seeing not just what he did, you know, in year one, but it's pretty clear that this guy has all the tools to be a a very very special quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's already the best, uh, you know, like again, a top ten QB in the entire league, not just um, among like rookies we've seen in recent history. Uh, he took things that he was doing well, and even the the optimist um, coming out of the draft about C.J. Stroud wouldn't say that I don't think many of them would have predicted this level of play this quickly. Right. Like we, we saw the, the Georgia game, we talked all about it and we, you know, in terms of a lot of people that saw him at the, at the combine and different uh, events leading up to the draft uh, noted, it's like, is this, this, this is just a rare ability to throw the football, but it's his, again, the, not turning the ball over. And, and the fact that he's, he's like up there with like rookie seasons, like you know, as much as he's not, depending on the season, depending on the fan. And it's probably because he plays for the Cowboys. A lot of times people uh, knock Dak Prescott still, despite the season he just had. But his rookie season was it kind of similar in terms of taking uh, uh, out suddenly being this level of efficiency without turning the ball over. I know Dak now has had more turnover issues than he did as a rookie, but it's a, it's a special thing. Um, to, I mean, just I got chills watching that first throw of the game against the Colts, and I mean, that wasn't even his best play of the game. Some of the plays he had on that final drive for the game-winning touchdown ultimately were just uh, ridiculous. I, from he doesn't need like a platform to throw at times, and he's still accurate deep down the field. He sees things so well. It's it's crazy um, watching him, and it's it's just a joy. And as much as yeah, as much as I want to say 
Puka, as a Rams fan, obviously uh, had a fantastic year. And if there was, I was saying this to you before we started recording, if there was like an equivalent of the MVP and Offensive Player of the Year award where it's like, all right, so it's basically the non-QB award. Here's the QB award. Then we'd have something to say for Puka. Uh, obviously couldn't have asked for more of what he's been for the Rams, not just as a as a pass catcher, but obviously used quite a bit in their blocking scheme. We're always seeing him running in motion, flashing through, uh, blocking linebackers, ends, all sorts of guys. He does all the little things uh, that the Rams ask of their receivers and obviously has a insane efficiency as well as a pass catcher. So, you know, had a few drops here and there, but despite everything he did, it's just, it's just, you can't go against the, the guy that is like, mm-hmm. you know, the real like difference between this team being, uh, you know, still, you know, I don't think D'Amico is getting uh, even coach of the year here. If they don't draft, if they, you know, if they flip the picks here and who knows what it's like with Bryce and Houston versus CJ and Carolina, obviously different situations completely. Maybe maybe uh, D'Amico would have elevated things, and Bobby Slowick gets a lot of credit for what he's done as an offensive coordinator there. Um, but man, it's uh, it's just I don't think you there's any way, especially after that capping performance against the Colts, to say that CJ Stroud's not the rookie of the year. Yep, I think it's a pretty clear choice uh, for this one uh, across the board, just based on like you said, all the things uh, that he did in his rookie season. All right. Let's move on to our defensive player of the year pick. Uh, looking at the odds here for this one, Dylan. Safe to say it's a three-person race. Miles um, Garrett, <laughs> Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. If you're looking at the yeah. odds, they are all way ahead of the next person, which would be Max Crosby, I think. But his odds are like plus 5,000, 4,500, something like that. All those guys within plus 500 uh, odds. So, yeah, it seems like that's kind of your um, your betting odds there. So it probably couldn't go wrong with any of those choices. I would probably go Miles Garrett. We talked about kind of the Browns resurgence, and we, we mentioned too, right? It's, think about it, they did it with all the injuries and everything. Yeah. Um, that was one of the biggest reasons why. Uh, and so I would, I would probably pick Miles Garrett here. Yeah, I, I think even with all the, uh, uh, as I kind of mentioned to you before too, the second half of the season, the injuries and some kind of the drop in the numbers. Yeah. I'm having a hard time going with anyone else. It's the best defense in the league. He's the face of it. When he's healthy, I think he was the most dominant player um, on the defensive side of the football in the league this year. So I, I'm I'm torn though because TJ Watt and and Micah, like you said, those guys just put up ridiculous numbers again, and it's it's the the consistent pressures and it's the consistency over this uh, course of the year. And it's 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 tough because like first half of the year, it's like no brainer. Even like even like the two thirds of the point season, I'm probably adding. Yeah. I was Garrett. He just had, you know, this the span though, where I'm like, you know, was well behind in pressures um, over the second half of the season behind Watt and Parsons. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I might go with TJ Watt. I just, we, you know, we've got, we said the, I didn't think you're gonna. I thought you might go with Stefanski for the last one, so I wasn't. You know, <laughs> I had Demik already in my mind for Coach of the Year. Now we've we've matched on two, so I gotta I gotta change it up a bit here. So I'll go with TJ Watt. I think. Part of the the reason it's not just the the efficiency with the you know getting actually uh, the pressures, but also following through with 19 sacks. The amount of knockdowns he had are, are pretty close to Parsons as well. These guys are neck and neck in some of these um, numbers. And again, Miles Garrett was on a pace to surpass all this uh, before some of the injuries he's dealt with. But it's the, when I think of TJ Watt season, I think of like just plays in games that were like at the most like. This is it. Like the Cowboys were kind of a team that uh, they, they dominated a lot of the worst opponents. They did beat some uh, teams with winning records, but we saw the Eagles kind of following when they when they topped them. And we'll see what they do in the postseason here. 
And Micah Parsons is an absolute freak. But I think of the Steelers and I'm like, they're not in the playoffs if it's not for like four plays, <laughs> different yeah. like key moments yeah. of games that TJ Watt makes. You just when they need it, when, it, when it's like when you when it, in basketball, when you give it to the, your best player, like we just need a basket here. <laughs> like yeah. it's uh, it feels like TJ Watt's always the guy making that play. And that's why that his injury here at the end of the season, pretty brutal um, luck for Pittsburgh, right? As they're um, fighting to get into the postseason. But yeah, I'll go with uh, TJ. I, I'm not something I would like to do. I've, I've been huge um, champion of the Browns and talking them up. Obviously, picked them to make the playoffs <laughs> before the year, and I I, I, I feel bad going not <laughs> first not picking Stefanski and now not picking uh, Miles. But uh, I'll go with TJ Watt. I just think if uh, again if Garrett had stayed healthy the whole year, I think easily he probably would have been the top pick. Yep, I would agree with that. That's not a not, not a bad way to to do it. We have to pick someone's different. You know, somewhere along the way. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. Um, we can split. Again, those are all three really good choices, I think. So, all right, on to our offensive player of the year pick. Um, it's another one I didn't really have a tough time with because I think, again, if you look at the odds and everything, it seems pretty clear-cut, I think, as to who is uh, going to win this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey here. I just think, again, you kind of look at the season he had, and we know where the Niners wind up. And, um, you know, quarterback-wise, there were – Lots of interesting discussions and go, you know, different ways on that. Um, considering, and here's where things get interesting, right? Because there's going to be someone else that could essentially win Offensive Player of the Year, but instead, I think he's gonna because that's how it works usually, Dylan. Right? It's like mm-hmm. the guy who wins MVP doesn't always win Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I think that's how it goes some years, yep. and I know that sounds silly, but I feel like the NFL has always done it that way. So because I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to win the MVP. It's going to go to another offensive player. As absurd as it sounds, I'm going to pick Christian McCaffrey as the offensive player of the year, but then I'm going to pick someone else as the MVP. So, yeah, it's. I mean, that's how it all. It's, this has become the unofficial non-QB best offensive yeah. player award, and honestly, the best skill position player. Unless maybe one day we'll see a, a left tackle that gets it. I don't know, but uh, as, as much <laughs> as I love those guys, and I think that they mean a lot, it's it, it's become the skill position. Uh, award which is uh you know i think in this this season we did have a few different candidates i'm gonna go with mccaffrey too as much as i wanted to try it again to be different uh man it's just (laughs) the the combination of numbers and what that offense looks like with him a lot of guys have succeeded in the shanahan system and we've seen other running backs have great years great um great play in there but I, i just feel like mccaffrey is on a different level um than these guys and just when he stays healthy and hopefully I know we got a little banged up at the end of the year. It sounds like with the, with the week off against the Rams and now the bye week, he should be all set for the postseason. But I mean, when he's healthy, I don't, I don't think like there's a more perfect blend of a guy for, uh, you know, any, maybe it, this, that's something that I guess a lot, some of the receivers that I, I mentioned, think about here too, is works for, but I think of McCaffrey as like, yes, he's a perfect blend for Shanahan's offense and what he wants to do, but He's the kind of guy, what says so much about him is I think you could throw him into basically any system and he's going to be a good player. Like, I, I don't think he's a guy that lacks any part of the skill set that you would want. I mean, this is like, you know, it does it does remind me of watching Marshall Falk as a, as a little kid, you know, in terms of like just the ability as a receiver and a running back, um, his ability to block everything. He's so powerful, always gets an extra three, four yards, it feels like. The man, he'll have like three, four guys on him and he's like still just getting down there. So 
as much as I, I did want to be different again, like, so the two I was thinking about were Tyree Kill and CeeDee Lamb. I think if Tyree Kill doesn't get hurt and he breaks some of these receiving records, I might have gone with him. Now that brings us to the MVP. <laughs> and again, uh, given the way this thing works, I, as we said earlier, I mean, you could theoretically, you know, give the Ravens the the sweep of the MVP coach of the year uh, awards. And, you know, I don't, I wouldn't blink an eye. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But this one's again, pretty, pretty obvious. I would think uh, the betting favorites far and away is Lamar Jackson. And, and there's not even a close second. Like I think closest would be Dak, but he's not even in the same stratosphere in terms of the betting odds. So pretty, pretty clear cut for me, Dylan. I think this is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's Lamar. Um, the there was a point in the season I know Purdy got a lot of love. Yeah, I know with without the turnovers, there's times where I thought that Josh Allen should at least be in the in the outside consideration of this. I think just too many turnovers by the end of it to for me to really consider him. I think Dak as well. But it's what is early like at the beginning of the podcast. I was kind of like didn't really want to go too far into it until we got here, but almost almost gave it in. But it's just a, a year that I didn't think there was like a runaway guy for the longest time. Like there's yeah. been a lot of seasons where we've had one player that just like clearly stands out as the guy um, from like week 12 on or whatever it is. And it didn't really, there was not a lot of separation. Then two games in a row happened where Lamar, you know, goes off against the Niners and by then it kind of felt like he clenched it. And then he follows it up with that 50 some odd point performance against the Dolphins in the game for the one seed. And it's like, all right, man, like (laughs) we can't, can't, this is over now. Like he, he, the thing about, you know, we've known Lamar, we've talked about Lamar on here a lot, and I've often mentioned, you know, we think he's a better passer he's given credit for. And it's not, and he's always been given credit as a, as a thrower, maybe over the middle and the intermediate parts of the field. But I think this year they've really utilized his ability to take advantage down the seams, down the sidelines, throwing outside, just every part of the, the position. Todd Munkin, I know early, you know, some skepticism over early on about what he might be able to do in his first year. But I mean, Obviously, the the weapons that they have, the offensive line has come back to being a better unit than it had been in recent years. And it's just a team that I know that we've seen them be successful, um, you know, making the playoffs last year with Lamar out for quite a bit without Lamar. And there's other you could there's other situations where you might say, oh, what would this team be if this guy was hurt compared to them? But I, I just think in terms of what he elevated this offense to this year, I think the way they used him, uh, obviously, it took advantage of all the, the skill sets that were in place and that he's worked on too and put them all it kind of brought it all together to now uh it's you know and him staying fully healthy the whole year I know that's been a struggle for him at times but it's hard to say that any player is just as impactful um, at this moment for me uh and just in terms of what he, he how terrifying he is for the opposition the fact that the Rams almost beat and probably could have beat the Ravens if it weren't for there's a few plays where it's just like there's nothing you can do like you, everything you did is perfect and Lamar just made a play um and I, I you know we'll see how it continues in the postseason I do hope they at least move on to the AFC title game I, I know there's a lot of things that have been said about their ability and the, how they've kind of shrunk in the postseason the last however many years but Lamar's whole uh career even even when he took over for Flacco as a rookie they lost in the first round of that postseason but um i think that this might be it's just a different feel with the way this whole unit looks and obviously it helps having a really good defense but uh for this award in particular yeah i I just no one else really stuck out and by the end of it lamar basically took the award uh for himself in those uh, those two crucial weeks in december 
All right, so there are awards. Now it's time to make our picks for the upcoming wild card weekend in the NFL playoffs. And so let's start here, Dylan, with the Browns, who um, we can invoke these teams had a lot of mention in our awards. Uh, the Browns are two and a half point favorites on the road to play the Texans. Again, sort of the surprise matchup. Don't think many people would have had this as a, a game in the playoffs uh, going into the season. Uh, you did because you picked the Browns to get here. Neither of us picked the Texans to get here. But, boy, this is an interesting one because of I feel like we could just, you know, loop all the things we just talked about with the Browns and Texans, just, you know, decide who we're going to pick. But, yeah, this this should be a really fun game uh, based on these two teams. And, um, man, I, I want to pick the Texans so much because, I you know, like we said, we just gave D'Amico Ryan's the coach of the year, gave C.J. Stroud the rookie of the year, um, all of that. But this Browns team, like you mentioned, through all the injuries, through everything, like they have just found a way and just seemingly keep finding ways to win. And so I will pick the favorite here, the Browns, two and a half points. Um, yeah, I just, there's something about this Browns team. I say the same thing about the Texans, but I'll pick the Browns on the road in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wanted to kind of, I was like, man, and as much as I want to keep watching CJ Stroud, I'm excited about the fact that he's very young and we were going to be watching it for a long time. And yeah. uh, this Browns team, this might be the only chance we get to see Joe Flacco one last, one last ride. <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun so far. We'll see, I, I do, I don't, uh, not hopeful that it's going to just stop suddenly any given point, but I think about the Browns and overall what this offense has looked like since he took over and it's it's crazy what again we've talked about all the injuries they dealt with in the coach of the year section this defense even with injuries they've had and again even a less dominant version of miles garrett over the the latter few weeks of the year and they're still up there with baltimore i think they finished second in dvoa yes i just pulling it second in dvoa and defense um in the regular season behind baltimore uh, just ridiculous what they're able to generate as uh, their pressure and overall what Jim Schwartz has meant as a defensive coordinator for them in that side. I, I think it's just, I, you know, I think the offense is elevated enough where I, there was a point in the year where I thought that was going to be the, the doom for them. They could do everything on defense, to keep them in games. And it wouldn't matter. Um, some of the turnovers, I would hopefully they knock them off. I did see a stat on Twitter earlier about how the, this is the first, playoff matchup i think since 19 since the merger in 1970 between the team that turned the ball over the least the texans and the team that turned the ball over the most the browns um so interesting kind of thing there but uh, you know in houston's defense has improved um obviously from a year ago uh from 28th in dvoa in 2022 to, to 16th this year but they haven't been perfect especially against the ground you know against teams rushing the ball and even though yeah obviously it's not going to be the same without chubb I think there's enough things here for the Browns defense to kind of flip that. It's part of turnovers aren't always just uh, it's not it's a combination of what you're doing scheme wise and ability wise. And but often it's also some level of luck, fumble luck in particular, and also the, the level of the competition you're facing. And I think the Browns also just, you know, playing in that division, how battle tested they are. Um, ultimately, I just feel like I, even if I think Houston will definitely keep this one close and CJ Stroud just might take over and we'll be talking about him as more than just a rookie of the year uh it's, it's all possible but i think I'll, I'll go with the browns partially because i'm i'm really wanting to see a browns ravens uh divisional round game and what that might look like with the the way that i think that's the last team to beat the ravens so um i think that a lot of you talk about the storylines we have in some of these games this week we can get some more in that week and how much the Bra- what the browns fan base thinks about the ravens uh the former browns so uh yeah i'll go with cleveland to win this one all right. Well, next game, I mean, that one, like I said, a, a lot of storylines there uh, just yep. based on these two teams getting there. But 
Boy, storylines are plenty uh, the rest of the way here with some of these matchups. Uh, the Dolphins at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are four-point favorites uh, in this game. Of course, the you know Tyreek Hill returning to play his his old team in a playoff you know setting here. That's an interesting dynamic. Uh, we know these two teams offensively what they're capable of when they're at their best, um, and so that sets the stage here for what could be a very entertaining game. Although both teams have been a little inconsistent at times, uh, but. Man, I told you before I started recording, I'm like, this just this does not feel like the same Chiefs team. Um, and we've seen all the reasons why. But it's really hard to pick against them in kind of this scenario here because I don't, again, I don't know the Dolphins are a team that, um, I, I, I want to see them win a game like this before I pick them to win this kind of game, I think. Um, and so, man, but there's, as, as I know you're going to talk about, like there are so many <laughs> interesting dynamics in this game, though, that um, plenty of reasons you could pick the Dolphins for this one, but. I'm just going to lean on the Chiefs experience here in this spot and um, pick them to win this game. My bad. I was muted that whole time, wasn't I? Oh, sorry. I was I was trying to check to see if it was my my. I thought my because nope. I haven't charged my um, headphones. I was like, oh, I think they're mine. But now I just realized. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, Glide. Edit a couple <laughs> parts. I'll I'll just pick up here in three, two, one. Yeah, it's just hard to. I, you know, I'm ultimately going to agree too. I, it's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. This is a team that, especially in the at home in the playoffs in the first round, not not a place we've seen them often. Uh, I was trying to think back. I think it's like two, a couple of years ago, they had a, a wild card game against the Steelers, a Steeler team that I had less confidence in at the time than I do even when this one that we're about to talk about. Um, but for the most part, we're seeing this, you know, going straight to going straight to the divisional round weekend with their buys. But it's, it's an interesting matchup uh, game that was really close. Obviously the first time they played in Germany, I think if I had to pick against the spread, I would probably go with Miami because it's moved up to four. And I just think this is a field goal game, potentially. Maybe that will end up not being the case. Miami, I know a lot's been made of this team's inability to beat teams with winning records. But we've seen the Chiefs obviously struggle so much. It's just even despite their offensive struggles, still showing up as eighth in, in DVOA on that side of the ball. Kind of crazy what... Uh, you know, circumstances always haven't been perfect. A lot of drops, obviously, and will those things just suddenly fix? I don't know. But it comes down to me more so to the other side of the ball. Miami's defense has been decimated by injuries, obviously. Uh, a lot made of losing Phillips and Chubb um, on that side, but also, you know, losing Baker there, whether, you know, heart and soul, the play caller for their defense, having the dislocated wrist in the Week 18. Just a brutal game and a brutal break for a defense that's been struggling versus a defense for the Chiefs that finally we're always like, if the Chiefs get a good defense, we'll look out. And then, of course, their offense kind of falls back to earth at the same time. Uh, but I think that's the, it's just that side of the ball where I, I have enough trust in Spagnola and what that unit's looked like and what Chris Jones has looked like over the latter half of the season where I just think they're going to be too much. I'm not as concerned about as other people about the weather. I mentioned to you before, you know, last week, last year in Buffalo, in that playoff game without Tua, the Dolphins almost beat the Bills and honestly could have with a couple of little bounces that didn't go their way in that one. And I don't think – I think Mike McDaniel's going to have them 
you know, fired up and ready to go. But, you know, I, I don't know if there's, if we're certain about Waddle's availability and yeah. even Mostert's. And it's like just the, the, it's the level of injuries and it's Mahomes. It's just too much where I, I had a hard time picking against him. But again, if it was the spread, I might go plus four Miami. Um, I, I do think this is a team that's not going to give in. I don't think we're going to have a game like they had against the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if the Chiefs offense is capable of putting up a performance like that at the moment um, with their current build. Um, but I, I just, I think there's just too much for for uh, Miami here to to overcome it. I think the Chiefs will ultimately get the win. Yeah, should be a good one. Um, again, interesting setup in this one. Four point spread, favored the Chiefs. All right, this spread a little bit higher. Uh, the highest one of the uh, wild card rounds here. The Steelers on the road to play the Bills. The Bills ten point favorites uh, in this one. So double digit spread in a playoff game. Um, boy, that tells you kind of what's uh, at stake here in terms of the Steelers having to to play this Bills team that. As we talked about, uh, you know, in recent weeks, um, boy, they're a team that we always knew could get there, right? Like we knew they they, they had, you know, the, the chance to be able to kind of make this run here and, um, you know, have a chance to really play well. But again, you kind of see what they've done now, Dylan, uh, over the last little while and um, easily, you know, one of the hottest teams in the NFL and sets up to be in a pretty good spot here <laughs> at home, I think, against the Steelers team that, Hey, Mike Tomlin does it again. Um, we just we didn't know if they could get here, but they got it here. But man, this is a tough, tough matchup against the Bills. And there was a point in the season where I think it was like ten games in for the Steelers, where they're still being outgained on total yards every single game. And I was like, is this team really going to make the playoffs? I feel way better about where they were the last few weeks with the way that Mason Rudolph and the offensive looked. Um, fortunately, losing TJ Watt just makes this an easy pick. I I, I don't think without him. It's like hard to imagine the Steeler defense doing enough, even with the big plays they've made. And even they've been very opportunistic. And I say this, and of course, with the weather being is supposed to be windy and freezing. And I think the weather might have more of an impact here than even the, the night before where a lot's being made about Miami having to go to Kansas City. And, it, you know, with the wind chill being basically around zero, I think this one's going to be probably in the teens as well with the wind chill and supposed to be much windier. And I, I don't know if that plays into Buffalo's favor um, and the, the way that they play football and that, but, you know, they have re- in some ways reinvented this offense to be much more better on the ground. I know Miami did a good job, you know, stifling that for large portions of the game in week 18, but we saw this Buffalo team at home um, against the, the, the Cowboys. I know they struggled to defend the run. I just, I just think overall they're going to find a way. Um, I just don't, as much as the Steelers again have looked better um, over the course of the last few weeks on, on offense in particular that to help a defense that was really carrying them for large portions of the season. I just, it's hard to pick against Buffalo. I say this knowing fully that there's going to, Josh is not going to cut out the turnovers and we're going to have it kind of come down to the end of the game again. So I, if I'm picking spread, I am picking definitely Steelers plus 10 for me. I I just, it's just too high where with the weather and uh, I, I do think there, it's not just, uh, unlike for some teams, uh, turnovers can often be a luck thing. I think with the Bills and the Steelers, the way that the Steelers force them and the ways that Josh has given up some picks at times, it's it, it's not just him. It's not there was poor, I think even like early, it was almost early in the year. It seemed more unlucky. The later part of the year, I don't know if Josh was playing so much better as much as the Bills defense has been pointed out. I think through the first nine weeks or ten weeks of the year, they were um 26th in DVOA and they've been third since on defense so I mean that's really where the flip is uh has occurred for Buffalo to ultimately finish nearly in the top 10 on that side of the ball uh I think they're they're 
you know, that's why they're one of the scariest teams in the league is because if Josh can just rein it in and they still finish third in DVOA and offense, despite all the turnovers that they had, I just think the bills are too good of a team to pick against them. But I, I, I see Pittsburgh and Tomlin and, you know, I just, uh, the weather, everything, I, I see this being a kind of a, a more of a, maybe not a overly low scoring game, but I, I don't think Buffalo is going to pull away by too many points in this one. I think Pittsburgh's going to make it tough. I think they're going to, you know, run the ball. Okay. But Buffalo's had their fair share of defensive injuries uh, more than their fair share um, over the course of the year. So I think there's a chance here that, uh, this one stays pretty tight. Yeah, it could be a bit of a grind here, I think, for this one. Um, and based on all those factors you mentioned. All right, the Packers with the Cowboys, another storyline game here. Of course, the uh, you know Mike McCarthy facing his former team. The Cowboys favored by 7.5 here at home. Um, I don't know, Dylan. This one feels a little high to me, too. Now, I know the Cowboys, we've seen them, you know, dominate some teams this season. But, I, you know, in some of these games against better teams, that's not happened. Like, they've, you know not always been the case and the Packers no one thought they could get here they're playing with house money they don't really have anything to lose because no one again thought they'd be in the spot um at seven and a half I'm not sure like that feels like a it's like you're setting me up somewhere Vegas is setting me up for something here I don't know what it is it's either it feels too obvious to take the Packers plus a seven and a half um but I don't know I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to win the game just because I think they're the better team uh but still curious to see how the Packers play here and maybe what Matt LaFleur um, has up his sleeve for this one because could get interesting uh, depending on how the Packers kind of approach trying to slow down the Cowboys and also, um, you know, how do you kind of get past uh, the defense who has been, as we said, really, really good at times. So. Yeah, I know the Packers almost lost to the Panthers, but this is a team that over yeah. the second half of the year, starting, I think, almost with the, uh, the uh, Thanksgiving game where they won in Detroit, they've been a good team. Um, I know their defense is still – probably ultimately what's going to get them and that's why yeah Dallas is the pick here even with some of the good things that Green Bay's done I just think that defense that you know they've had outside of the Bears and they just fired their uh, offensive coordinator um, and over outside of that game and when they played the Rams with Brett Rippon and it did not look pretty um, for what LA was doing in in that game in Green Bay they've largely been a unit that has not done that well and especially against Dak and CD in this offense I think Dallas is is just too good of a team to pick against but man it's the it's that Packers helmet in in Dallas and we know how (laughs) against this team in recent history how those games have gone a little PTSD I'm sure for that fan base I mean Green Bay is sixth in offensive DVOA this is not a team it's it's legit Jordan Love is playing great over the over the second half of the season I, I in the NFC I mean, he, he's up there with the best QB play in the, in the entire conference. Um, and I, I think that's just you can't discount what they've been able to do on that side. I know they've had their other injuries at, at receiver and things haven't been perfect. I think Dallas is just a more complete team. And ultimately, that's why I'm picking them. But, oh, boy, it's uh, yeah. Once again, spreads these these two high ones. Usually they're the ones in the in the regular season. We're hopping all over for our betting locks. Okay. Uh, I can't say that's the case here. I, I, I think I'm with you. I'd pick Green Bay with the plus seven and a half at least. Um, but I think Dallas is just too good. I think their defense is going to make it tougher um, for love over the course of the game. If they're able to run the ball, and that's the one thing I know lots been made of, and that's why Dallas is probably hoping that some other team – knocks off the Niners before they have to face them in a potential NFC title game. They just really, uh, you know, defending the run has not been, uh, you know, even though their run defense CVOA isn't that, uh, it's pretty solid still in the at fifth. Um, 
there's been games though where you just see the interior of that of that, t- that team there. That's one way you're able to kind of neutralize what they did. And Buffalo game obviously sticks out, but they've had some other performances this year on that side. Some of the, obviously the Niners game too. We played better rushing attacks. So we'll see if Green Bay how conservative they get. Hasn't been uh, a dominant running year despite the, the two headed uh, got, you know monster that they've had at times with, with Dylan and Jones, but. Uh, I think Jordan Love, they're going to lean on him. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, classic game. Uh, yeah, like you said, McCarthy going back against the Packers. I mean, there's just a lot of this. the matchups for this one and the next one couldn't have worked out better. It would have been a lot of fun still if the Packers were playing the Lions and the Rams in Dallas. But, man, uh, I think the storylines are a bit better with uh, the, the way it all, all ended up shaking out. Yeah, NFL had to be thrilled with the way this turned out. <laughs> uh, again, getting several of these games and just kind of the the top sort of storylines whether it's Dolphins Chiefs Packers Cowboys now Rams Lions Rams are on the road in Detroit to play the Lions three point favorites uh Dan Campbell's team there hey this is the one we said <laughs> you know if you're trying yep. to find one this is this felt like the perfect setup uh to get you know all the story involved with Matthew Stafford Jared Goff like there's just so many things that you can have fun with in this one and now it comes time to make our picks. And so here's the thing. Like, I feel like we're going to get an upset somewhere when this, again, I, I feel like it's less likely than Steelers, Bills, Packers, Cowboys. But among the other four games, I feel like there's an upset brewing somewhere. And so since I picked the Browns to beat the Texans as the favorite, I picked the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins as the favorite. And not to spoil my next pick, but to me, it came down to I've got to pick an upset somewhere. I have been all in on the Lions, as I told you before. You know, if we take this to the fantasy football discussion, my I feel like half my team was built on the Lions this year um, and had some success with that, winning the league uh, in the regular season. But this is not fantasy football, Dylan. This is the playoffs. Well done, well done. And, <laughs> I mean, this this is one where it's like, I'm going to take a chance here on picking the Rams in the, the Matthew Stafford revenge game. I feel like Sean McVay will have a great game plan in place. Um it's the thing too, right? If we have not seen the Lions in this spot in such a long time, uh, to where you know, I'm sure even Detroit fans are probably like, "Oh boy," I'm sure the nerves are just you know through the roof right now, thinking about the possibility <laughs> of how this game could unfold. And let's also call it what it is: we've seen Jared Goff have some not so great games in some of these key spots before. We've also seen him in other instances, you know, step up with some big performances. I'm going to take the Rams on the road here. I still think the Lions are the better team, but in the playoffs, the better team doesn't always win. Um, (laughs) It is just the way it works. And so I have to pick an upset somewhere. I'm going to go with the Rams here. It's, it's a tough game to pick. I I think this is the one I had the hardest time with um, when I looking back over the list, not just trying, I always try to remove my own bias, but just overall from all the different football point of views, like, yes, Detroit's a better team, I think, as a complete unit. But, the, I mean, the Rams, obviously, on a roll over the second half of the year. We saw the games we saw them struggle with. We're all before the bye. We're all um, before things kind of all came together, especially on the defensive side. They really made some tactical changes with the way they attack and trying to muddy up the picture a bit more. And, even though on the on the edges it hasn't been perfect, they needed another guy to compliment Byron Young. It's been great as a rookie for them. I do think that Detroit's going to score some points, but man, I'm worried about the other side of the ball. And overall, man, it's just that I do sometimes think like, and it could go the other way um, in terms of the crowd impact. And I do think just the level of 
hype and energy and nerves like you said if, if the Rams score and get a stop like is <laughs> yeah. what's the what's the energy going to be like in that building and it's it's it, as much as it's a revenge game and a lot's made of Stafford I think it's more golf is the one I'm thinking about more so and what how everything went down with how um him leaving the Rams and he wasn't in you know the best place right after that trade and has come out of it and Detroit supporting him give him the time to kind of have a uh redevelop almost and kind of get some of the the things that were uh, the negative energy out of his brain and focus on what he does well. But I come back to also does McVay, you know, he knows Goff's tendencies and yes, they've changed. I think he's a better quarterback than he was when he left the Rams for sure. There's, there's some things I'm sure McVay is not uh, and, and overall the Rams coaching staff does know about him and, and stuff that even though Detroit has a different uh, staff, uh, you know, still some members of the organization uh, that are obviously no staff or well, and we've seen them. So, I mean, it's, Man, it's it's a tough game to think about what can either side of the ball. I think I ultimately end up going to the Lions for a couple of reasons. I think it's the I don't think it's the be, you know there was a time for a segment of the Rams fan base where they thought they'd rather uh, you know it would be a better to face Detroit than Dallas, but Detroit has the number one run defense DVOA in the league. I just it's yeah. been a, such a crucial part of the offense for the Rams this year. You know, going from one of the worst rushing teams in the league to sixth in offensive DVOA on the ground. To now have to in the face have this matchup in this in this spot. I think yeah, we're going to see a lot of Stafford throwing the ball, and maybe they will you know find some holes in that defense. It's not Detroit's defense has not been perfect in the secondary as we know, but I think Detroit's also going to find ways to move on the Rams. Um, I don't think the Rams' defense, unfortunately, for all the improvements it's made, it's still kind of more of a middle of the pack uh, group. I, I think I mean, Raheem Morris deserves a ton of credit for what they've done. The, not just the draft drafting the less need in the whole organization did, but also the development of a lot of these younger guys and guys like Akil Witherspoon that have come in and been so great at, at corner for, for basically the league minimum. Uh, but I think it all kind of catches up against a Detroit team that I think maybe they'll early on will be a little shaky, but I think they'll end up finding their groove. And I think it might come down to spe- – I, regardless of when the Rams season ends, I think special teams are going to be a big part of it. They were so ba- – I think they're the sixth worst in, since DVOA has existed – um, they're so bad that they've dragged the Rams defense itself and its DVOA number from like 15th to 22nd. Like it's, they're just so every part of special, like not just kicking field goals, but punt coverage, everything like, you know, when they're punting, just block, like it's, it's been a, a disaster that they're going to have to get together in the off season. I just think that ultimately this game's going to be a really close one. And I think those one, that one, two points from extra points or, Miss field goals, I think ultimately, or even bad field position for punting, uh, I think ultimately that's going to be uh, the, the thing that when the Rams look back and being like, man, we came out of nowhere and could have could have made a run here in the NFC that's not that strong, but I think special teams will ultimately do them in. So I'll go with the Lions, but yeah, definitely the game that as a Rams fan, I'm going to be super excited for regardless. But uh, I do think it's, it is the best game that we have here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and maybe just – this, all the storylines, what it means for Detroit, the energy in that building. I mean, I just wish I could, you know, get a get, a, get on a flight and go over there just to, just to feel the the city even for a couple of days. Like, let alone the the game, but even like the energy in the city this weekend coming up is going to be insane. So, can't wait for it. But I'll go with the Lions to eke out a win. That uh, man, it's going to the emotions for both teams are going to be running high. But I think the, the pressure is definitely on Detroit more. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be playing a little looser for sure. It's it's, it's funny. Um, how that kind of flips from where the where the expectations were for the Rams roster two years ago. Yep, should be interesting in this one, as I said. For some people, this could be the most 
Kind of anticipated game given the storyline uh, in place there. All right, we wrap up with this one. What a wild discussion this is because of where these two teams are at and how they've been playing recently. Uh, the Eagles are still three-point favorites on the road against the Bucks. Uh, again, it has been a tale of um, two halves of the season, essentially, for the Eagles. Or really just a recent. You've got a team like in the Eagles who have lost five of six. You've got the Bucks who have won five of six. And so it has just been like the complete opposite. These two teams have played the complete opposite season uh, where yeah. Bucks struggled early. Eagles were fantastic early. Now it's kind of flipped back. This is a rematch from these two teams playing back in week three. Uh, Eagles won on the road in that one, 25 to 11. Who I, I am usually Dylan, a big fan of like the recent trends. And I'm like, all right, I'm leaning in on the teams that are hot, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, this feels like a reset for the Eagles. <laughs> Perhaps um, I'm going to pick them here, but man, you want to talk about a confidence level in a game. This is probably one of the lower ones, maybe on the board uh, just because I don't know what you're going to get from the Eagles here. And meanwhile, it feels like the Bucks have really started to, you know, put themselves kind of in a groove, even though they've won some close games. They've had some ugly games against the Panthers, but still, I don't know, man. This is this is an interesting one. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Eagles. They finally figured out here, but we'll see. This is it's a really tough one to pick, uh, just given what the Eagles have looked like. And expecting that flip of the switch, I, I'm not going to. Unfortunately, I'll go with Tampa to win. But I, I would love to see it because I, I do miss watching this. What the even early in the year, the Eagles team looked different, and especially on defense, it looks like a, a tired unit. Um, yeah. It does look like a unit that over the course of the year, I, I, you know, there's some things on the snap counts. Some of these guys were much higher than they've been previous seasons and how that's kind of taken a toll but also it, it feels like you know all the, the guys they lost in free agency i mean what they had done to build their defensive roster last year um with some of the signings they're able to make um on the, uh, for ch- uh, cheaper guys in free agency and the secondary in particular that end up walking in free agency and you start seeing it really cost them um it's a, a, a the spine of this defense is not what it used to be um and teams are running it right down their throat in tampa a year ago did not have any semblance of a rushing attack. They've they've finally been able to get something going there, even if it's still not always pretty. I, I just it's more of the other side. It's on man. It's hard to watch Philly's offense right now because it when they're cooking and when everything's was working last year and even early part of this year, gosh, they're fun. Um, yeah. And they just look completely lost. Like it's it's crazy. And maybe this is the week they find it. Um, I don't know if it they're. they're bodes well for they're probably hoping for the rams to upset detroit or the packers upset dallas so they don't have to go to san fran because if they win this game and go to san fran they're going to get in my opinion completely run over um the way they're playing right now but for this one game i won't be shocked that they find it but i'm i'll wait until i see it i'm gonna go with tampa yada i don't this is a a tough one to pick too because it's like you know the, the talent level that the eagles have is arguably higher but there's still some good players there in Tampa that haven't played even perfect down the stretch here that um, I think they're going to be looking at their shops. It's going to be fun. I think they're going to be playing loose. Um, maybe some pressure on Baker as he's trying to get a contract, but as, as a team, not a team, uh, not a team that ton of, I know we, yeah, I think you talked about them maybe as a, like you're as a consideration for the division back, way back at the beginning of the yeah. season. But uh, I don't, I think there's more pressure on Philly to get this right. And for, you know, the coordinators there and even Sirianni, some, uh, some parts of the fan base that are kind of wondering, you know, what's going to happen and what they, what are, 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 is this really what we're going to keep riding with? So maybe for their long-term 
uh, in terms of fi- fixing some of those problems. I think regardless of when they get out, I think Howie Roseman and that and Lurie and that whole organization are going to uh, take a hard look at what's happened in 2023 and 20 now into 2024. But um, maybe maybe they put it off for one more week. But I'll go with Tampa getting the win. Yep, should be uh, again. This is yet another one. Like talking about the intrigue. This is a. I'm sure fun, we could look. Man. I was just saying, like we could look back <laughs> at some of the recent ones and over the years, and I'm sure we say this a lot, but it's like I don't know that if you're the NFL, you could have done much better here in terms of just the intrigue surrounding a good group of these games, and really all of these games. I think you could say even the Steelers bill, as we said, it's a, it's a ten point spread, but with the weather and those kind of things, and the Steelers just kind of defensive, like there's just a lot of things. Yeah, so this is a, a fun slate of games and should be. Um, entertaining to see how they play out. But there you go. There are awards picks for the 2023 NFL season and our picks here for the upcoming wild card round. Of course, still in lots of coverage over at Clutch Points to get everybody ready for all that. So let everybody know uh, where they can find it. Yeah, and go to clutchpoints.com to our NFL section. Tons of breaks down, breakdowns of the top coaching candidates, the teams that are interviewing, covering all the news, but also looking for their head of what teams should do. A lot of breakdown of what the Bears are doing and what they're and or not doing and what they're going to do. So uh, that's a huge question mark uh, with Iberflus seemingly staying now in Chicago. So that's all covered at clutchpoints.com. Uh, and then also in the Clutchpoints app, yeah, you can follow all six wildcard games in the NFL section. They're all the same coverage, our podcast, everything in that same NFL section. So, yeah, again, so excited. I, I mean, I'm always excited for the playoffs. NFL and the whole season's great. Playoffs are great. But, man, something about this these matchups, like you said, this weekend, it's a, it's a special special time and i uh, can't just can't wait for for saturday to come yeah should be a lot of fun so yeah check it all out at clutch points and be sure to subscribe to the podcast as always any podcast app you use search for established the past and uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the established the past podcast